I think it's Michael Hyatt who talks about when study a model, implement the whole thing, swallow the whole thing, because you don't know what's important for your culture and what's not. Now it's the same thing for us with Saddleback and learning the purposes. We brought in everything and then we learned that, nah, well, you know, that's not really us. That's really accidental. Same thing, I think, with rebuilt model, whatever model of church you're being coached into, um, have at least a decent understanding of it, swallow it whole, so to speak, and then you can chew out the bones, you know, spit out the bones and stuff like that later. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. This week's guest is church leader, author, and speaker, Tom Corcoran of Nativity Parish in Timonium. Before we charge forward, there's just a couple of things I want to make you aware of. I'll be at the Alpha Conference coming up on January the 27th and 28th in Arizona. If you're planning to be there and want to connect, please head over to the website at ronhuntley.com and let's see if we can make that happen. Also, on the 15th of February, I'll be hosting an associate priest only online event. There are issues and opportunity that are unique to this phase of your vocation. Go to ronhuntley.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and subscribe. As soon as the registration page is up, you will be notified. If you're an associate, you're not going to want to miss this event. Now, let's get to this week's main event, my conversation about rebuilt coaching with Tom Corcoran. Enjoy. Lift off and the clock has started. I remember one of the first books that Father James purchased when we were at St. Benedict Parish trying to turn around our culture and really go on mission was the book Rebuilt. I remember reading it and laughing out loud at the honesty and the authentic nature of the stories and the revelations that were happening to Father Michael and Tom. And our guest today is Tom Corcoran. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me on. It's always great to catch up. <laughs> Absolutely is. At what point did you move from that book, which again, I know you've written so many books since, and we're going to have a, some more chats in the future to unpack some more of those books that you're writing and continue to write. But at what point did you shift into coaching? And, and what is it about what you do that, that made coaching something that made sense? Yeah, well, it, it was over a few years. I mean, the book came out, gosh, it's 2013. Can't believe it's been that long. And our kind of, and you were talking before this, I'm a writer, I'm a content person. And sort of our goal was to get some content out there, broadcast this and figured parishes could take the content and run with it. And that was, that was about as far as we thought. Um, but it, over a few years time, it became clear that just giving content wasn't enough, either just doing conferences or again, writing books or writing articles. It's just not enough. People need more uh, that they are. They need to see things in action. They need people to walk with them. And so before COVID, we started trying to get into coaching. And I know you, you've been doing this. You're a coach at heart. Um, and we tried to get into coaching and started it and it wasn't going 
very well. And then when COVID hit, um, we had attack like everybody else and, and change. And that really opened us up to coaching. And, and actually I've been coached. I have a guy, David Makala, who I've worked with for, I mean, 15 years now, 12, 15 years. And he kind of joined our team and he's more like you. He's got a heart of a coach and really our really coaching took off for us right now. We went from just a couple of parishes we're working with to, you know, still a modest group, but we have 21 parishes we're working with right now. Congratulations. Coaching. Yeah, it's, it's good. So we, you know, we always want more. We always want to keep growing, but so really since COVID that just opened us up to also different possibilities. I was kind of the lid to coaching before we've now invited other people into it and have, we have these courses and things you can take that are part of our model. And so, yeah, just, that's a little, you know, quick, uh, 30,000 foot view of how we got into coaching. That is so fun. That it's, it's neat how COVID has, it has had some positive impacts and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of negatives, but there, there are some positives. And so well, you have to say it like that, but yeah, it definitely is a positive. I, I, I agree. So what are some of the keys? Because, Rebuilt is a model. What you do, because what you do is lived out of your parish experience. You know, you, this isn't theory. Uh, you actually, you guys are living this stuff again, which is what made the book so funny for me. The original book is just so comical because it's some lessons are best learned the hard way. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so much of it is relatable. But uh, one of the things I love about what you and, and Father Michael are doing, not unlike what Father James and I were doing at, at St. Benedict Parish, is coming out of this experience of parish life. But what what's your model? How? Because there's a there's more and more people, thankfully, coming alongside of churches all over the world, trying to support them with coaching or or you know consulting, yeah. what have you. But yeah. And I think before anyone gets into coaching, that's what's great. As you say, it's great people. Uh, want that and are there's more people jumping in to help parishes and there's different thoughts about what parishes need or or whatever um and, and we do have a clear model and it was interesting i've i had this guy david mackle who was my coach for a long time and now we're really working together so it's it's not a coaching relationship anymore so i started looking for some other coaching and i looked at one one organization and i was on a sales call and i said all right what's your model and he's like well let me look that up I'm like, well, wait a minute. You got to look up your model. I, I, I mean, I didn't say that to him, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, he lost me there. I'm like, I can't coach with an organization whose salesperson doesn't know their model of what they're doing. So I would say if you're looking for coaching, if someone can't explain to you their model, you, you shouldn't coach with them. And now this is an organization that's actually pretty successful um, and in, in certain circles, but in any case, so I, we, our model is, again, we, we say what we want to help a parish do is we call it about the core four. We want to help you build a leadership community. And we've kind of added, we added that one recently because we're like, we talk about leadership so much, we have to. And I, so build a leadership community. We want to help you create an excellent weekend experience. We want to help you um, shape a clear discipleship path. Again, what is it that, how people are disciples and help you welcome outsiders or new people into the church. And those came out of anchors at Nativity that we discovered. But the first three or three of those especially were create a great weekend experience, shape a clear discipleship path, and welcome outsiders. That came out of us studying some other churches that were growing and healthy. And then, as I said, like really in the last year, we're like, we talk about leadership so much and you need a leadership community. And I think that's a little bit of our unique angle that we take on leadership. Because I think if you're going to talk about leadership, you, you need your unique angle is. We want to help you build a leadership 
community. So those are our core four. I love that. And I love too, what you just hinted to is that, you know, this was, you just didn't lock yourself in the basement until you came up with some, some neat things to talk about. I mean, as you guys were living the experience of church, you're also seeking help. You're seeking influence. You're, you're trying to challenge the way you're doing things. And, and that's an important part of learning, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that any model really should come out of that live experience. And of course, when you you, you, you live, you, you kind of realize the model afterwards, right? You don't, you're not, you don't go in. Now for us, a big, and I know we talked about this beforehand that, that sometimes people accuse us of not being Catholic enough. And we've, we have been influenced by huge Protestant influences and that's, you know, Rick Warren and they talk about the five purposes and that was a huge influence on us. And even Rick Warren will say, well, can I call you guys a purpose-driven church? I say, absolutely. Pur- we are purpose-driven in our core and our DNA. And then we've moved out to kind of, solidify it for ourselves and put it in our own terms. Yes. But, um, and I think that's, you give people a model to walk into and hopefully they walk into it and then eventually they make it their own. It's not the model, something to start to approach, but eventually over time, it's gotta be a lived experience in your own life. And you might even call it different words, mm-hmm. you know, different things. Um, but I, I like, I think it's Michael Hyatt who talks about when study a model, implement the whole thing swallow the whole thing because you don't know what's important for your culture and what's not. That was the same thing for us with Saddleback and learning the purposes. We brought in everything and then we learned that, you know, that's not really us. That's really accidental. Same thing. I think with rebuilt model, whatever model of church you're being coached into um, have at least a decent understanding of it, swallow it whole, so to speak. And then you can chew out the bones, you know, spit out the bones and stuff like that later. Love that. Love that. That's a good point. I see that all the time with Alpha people that they, they'll modify it really early and they've never re- really received the benefits of doing it based on the recipe itself. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, follow the recipe for a while, man. If you get good at cooking, mix it up later. But that's another good analogy. I like you're that. not that good yet. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, get the fruit of doing it and then make your decision. So because I think I don't know if you guys have faced that, but you know, one of the things I was really early on of like, yeah, you don't have to be like nativity. You don't have to be nativity. And I've come a little bit more like, well, be a little bit more like nativity for a while, not forever, but we learn by following models and we learn, you know, Father Michael says it all the time of, of, we learn by following people that are a little bit ahead of us and doing some things well. And then you, then you adapt and grow and you make it your own, but there's no, there's no harm in copying people for a while or, or people that live further ahead of you. Again, it's how we grow. We learn to talk. We learn to walk. We learn to do things as little children, seeing parents or uh, older siblings. So, it, 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 and there's a humility to that. But I, I think there's, um, again, we'll grow further, faster, for willing to be humble and, and take everything, and then again, and adjust as we see. Yeah, and there's so much to learn from from the broader church. And and I know sometimes that's intimidating for people or they don't they, they feel like they're selling out their Catholic faith, but the truth is there's so many Catholic churches that that if we compare ourselves to them, we're probably doing great, but that's not a necessarily a great bar to compare ourselves to. It reminds me of my uncle who was a priest who they had an ecumenical activity in a small community and there was a Baptist preacher, an Anglican preacher and him, and they're all going to get to preach. And he, you know, he's a competitive guy. He, you know, doing this thing in a small community, he wants people to know that, you know, I'm the man. And so he goes and uh, the first guy preached and he did a good job the Anglican fellow, but father 
my uncle said, you know, I can do better than that. And he comes and he delivered, like he just nailed it. And then he said, the Baptist got up there and made us both look like fools. <laughs> he said, I have to stop comparing myself to other Catholic preachers as it relates to my preaching, because we're not that good at. And I thought, yeah. wow, that was an interesting thing coming from him um, to say that. And, and sometimes I think in terms of how we do church, if, if we're just comparing ourselves to another church, it's kind of declining. It's like we can go, hey, aren't we something? And the truth is, maybe we're not. And so, you know, thankfully, there are more and more Catholic churches like yourselves that are thriving in St. Benedict, and I think St. John the Evangelist. So there's just lots of churches doing cool things that we can learn from that, you know, and some of them are My, my opinion is really... When I see anything in a Protestant church, I'm like, that belongs to the Catholics. I, I don't, I don't have it of, you know, in the sense of, you know, and often what's we're accused of, of building community, that's not a Catholic thing. <laughs> the scriptures, it's not a Catholic thing. And, and being you know, ev- evangelized, that's not a Catholic thing. Teach, we shouldn't be able to do that. As, you know, that, 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 to me, that's the, and I might offend some Protestant, I guess, and I don't mean to be offensive because. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way I take it. I'm like, this should be in the Catholic church and it should yeah. belong to us. And so um appreciate models outside of the Catholic church to do it and, and, yeah. and honor them. But I feel like yeah. this should just be in the church. This is, this is unique. This is just as this belongs to the Catholic church as much. As Amen. Love that children's ministry, music, like yeah. just so many things that, that we can do, increase our game and have and, and, and have a bigger impact on the weekend experience, discipling people, you name it. So I love that. So tell me, you know, because I know you guys have been at it a long time in terms of making your weekend experience better and raising up leaders and uh, discipling people. I would, and I know Timonium Tim uh, is, a, is a part of your guys's vernacular in terms of how you arrange things and set things up and promote things. Can you tell me a Timonium Tim story? Somebody, what's one of your favorite stories of a life changed? Yeah, well, I mean, and just to give people who don't know about that, yeah, that's Please. one of our core four is welcome outsiders or being um, open to people who are unchurched, dechurched. And so partly because we're in Timonium, we developed this um, mythical figure, Timonium Tim, and we define him. And so it's, again, the quintessential unchurched person in our community, which is someone who probably went to Catholic school probably was confirmed. And then at a certain point, just stopped going. That's, that's still the United States. I I don't know how much longer, but right now it's still the case. Uh, So we look out for those stories of someone who comes back to church for the first time in a long time um, or never uh, went to church. And so, you know, one of them, there is actually a guy named Tim that I can think of that I remember his wife um, volunteered all the time. Uh, Her name's Christine and she volunteered all the time. And I just said, you know, what, um, you know, your husband, how come he never comes? She's like, oh, Tim says, you know, church is for me. It's not for him. He's glad I come. He's glad I get something out of it, but he's glad I take the kids, but no interest. Um, and then a few years later, you know, I'm like, well, we'll pray for Tim. And a few years later, quite honestly, some issues in marriage came up and they needed some help, you know, and in that time he came back to church. He started coming to church and volunteering and um, totally on board. And, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the rebuilt show, what, um, we, we have it on Catholic TV and different, we show Tim's story on one of those episodes. And so that's probably one of my favorite ones just because I, you know, spoke to his wife and, you know, she was praying. She's like, I pray for him all the time to come. And, you know, unfortunately it took a trouble, a struggle 
Yep. Um, but that often is the case, isn't it? And mm-hmm. but he, he became part of our church and was a volunteer and, and did all those things, you know. So he's one. There's a guy in my small group that I would call again, this is kind of many years ago, but I remember when we were first starting out, we got this letter and Father Michael's like, invite that guy to lunch. I want to know who this guy is. And he was just saying he's like, I stopped, I didn't really go to church growing up. You know, I, I started coming. He's a New York guy. He talks with New York accent and all the, you know, he's, and he's in my, his name's Mark. He's in my small group. I'm, um, I tried to actually, so I, I wanted him to do a testament at one point. I couldn't get him to do it, but so yeah, those are a couple of the stories. Again, I got, these are just the people of saying, I never went to church, didn't care about church. And, and now in my small group, you know, in have connection relationships. So those are, those are a couple of those stories. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember when I went to visit you guys, I think I was heading down that way too for some training with uh, Strength Finder and got a chance to spend some time with you guys. And you were giving me, it was Sunday and we're walking around and showing me the, and, and you, you had to go do something. So you, you wave somebody over and said, Hey, I want to introduce you to somebody is, I don't know if you, I think you used the word of Timonium Tim and you invited him over and you said to the fellow, Hey, this is Ron from Canada. Tell him your story. And then okay. he went off and did something and he told me a story and it was an absolute Timonium Tim story. And then he's, as he's telling me the story, as he's getting to the end, he waves over a lady and introduces me to this lady. He says, tell Ron your story. He's from Canada. And he went off and did something else. And her story was very, you know, a story of of returning to the faith and being completely on board with the church and so excited. And so it was just really fun to, you know, it's one thing to hear you guys talk about it. It's another thing to be there and talk to people who are more than happy to tell their story and know full well they're the fruit of the work and the vision that you guys have. Yeah, that's the that's the power of it when you, you know, you name that target. And that's what we're saying is you have to have that target audience of the unchurched defined some way in your parish. It adds to the fun because, you know, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, aim at nothing, you'll hit every time. But when you have that target and you know who you're trying to aim, it brings clarity. Um, it helps you create a culture that's more open to unchurched people. And then you you see you had that target, so you see those stories, and they they fire you up, they excite you when when, when you hear, you know, in some ways it can be a, a mundane story of someone coming to church, but it, it becomes more than just mundane. Mundane becomes again the focus of your energy and effort. Amen. So, as as that continued to happen, you guys, like you say, you guys started to get into coaching. What's the drive to help people? Well, I just want the church to be successful. I just want the church to, I mean, fulfill the great commission to make disciples. So um, it, it, I never planned to work in church. That wasn't my goal growing up, but I, but God brought me to, to work at a church starting youth ministry. And now um, many years ago, I prayed, God, I want, I want to work in the church the rest of my life. I want to work in activity the rest of my life, the rest of my career and make an impact there. And um I've seen the fruit of that. I've seen good things come from it. I don't believe there's anything better than the local parish about, and it's, it's the hope of the world and it's the place God wants to use to make disciples and bring people in a relationship with the son. And um, it drives me crazy that so often it's ineffective. And um, again, for most people, that's, that's the way they're going to get introduced to Christ. I mean, there are other organizations out there. I'm a building rebuilt is meant to be a parachurch kind of organization in that sense, but the parish should really be the place where people come to know Christ. And again, I think there's a place for other organizations for sure that can help, but 
the core place should be the parish where you build a community and there's no reason it can't be successful. I, you know, I, I think there's, there's just, there's no reason it can't. And there's so many parishes that are not doing well. We're not fulfilling the mission Jesus gave to us. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. Amen. What have you learned now that you've been doing coaching and growing the coaching arm of, of rebuilt? Tell me a little bit what you're learning. Well, you know, I, you learn that coaching's different, right? I mean, that's different from doing, right? There's, there's, you know, being a player <laughs> and then there's helping others play the game. Right. And that's, that's learning there too, about how to be helpful. Cause I, I often feel out of my comfort zone coaching. As I said, I work with another guy who loves coaching David and yeah. um, I'm learning, you know, so I, I'm trying to learn what is actually helpful to people and what is it, where do you have to, I'm not sure I've learned this yet. And you probably know this as a coach, where do you have to give people information and let them run and where, you, know, you you so badly want to see place other people succeed, but it's like being a parent. At some point, they have to, your kids have to go do it. At some point, these other organizations have to go. Other parishes have to run the playbook, run the model, do what they can do, and, and be leaders. So I guess in some ways, I learned too that um, other people, our, your job is to raise up leaders and let people lead, and that's a, that's a big thing. I've been saying too, like we're trying to teach our model. And sometimes there's theory and there's things, but I, I, you learn by leading. The way you learn leadership is to lead. There's just, mm-hmm. that's just the, the ultimate way. So continue to learn too about where you give the content and then where you got to say, all right, go do it. You know, don't, here's a course, here's some material. But at some point it is coaching people or into leading and you got to go run the play. So Love it. Can you share a story with me with about somebody that you've been working with or that your team's been working with that you're starting to see this transformation take place, lights come on, or however you would describe it? Yeah, I mean, a couple of parishes that come to mind. Uh, we're working with um, Father Roger Gustafson. He's at St. Hilary's Church in, out in San Francisco. That's a tough place to be a pastor in the sense of probably not unlike Canada, a very big unchurched community, very hostile to the gospel, unfortunately. Yeah. And, um, but he's having some success, especially in his weekend experience and just incredible music. And some of the thing I play is, is a, he's a great preacher. Uh, great. So, um, I, I was kind of, been, would I want to go to church here? It's sort of a little bit the litmus test for me. And when I've, I've been to his church, I'm like, I would like to go to church here. I mean, and that sounds like a simple one or the other litmus test I sometimes use is, is I have a brother-in-law who kind of in a church, but not big, but would he want to come here? Would I, would I, my sister who is Catholic, you know, and who wants to go to Catholic church and has struggled getting her kid, her husband to church. I'm like, I would tell Colleen and, you know, and, and her husband to go there. So th- those are litmus tests. Like I would be ha- very comfortable telling. So that's a great thing about St. Hillary's. Um, I work more per- closely right now with uh, Ascension church up in, up in Boston, Archdiocese, uh, Father, Ger- uh, Father Gerald, uh, Sousa. Um, and, um, uh, so he, they're, they're doing some good things, um, as far as they're kind of getting their team together right now, but seeing that happen in movement, they just, they just did a, a stewardship weekend and things like that. And they seem to have pretty good, Yeah, you, know, you feel momentum when places have momentum. So, um, there's a couple of places, um, I think Collins, Cleveland. Yeah. 
Congratulations. It's, it's so exciting because I remember for us as we were kind of stepping into that space or, or feeling called to step into that space, I remember thinking to myself, our next level of credibility isn't going to be by adding another 200 people to our congregation. It's going to be other people, other people's success, like yeah. their impact. And just so exciting as a coach to see other people succeeding. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, that, and that's the question. I mean, I, I don't know how much you guys had had that before, but it's like, well, nativity is great, but it's nobody else can do that. And we are definitely in the proof of concept of proving, no, this is, these are transferable principles. That whole model, again, any parish can do that. Can you create a great weekend experience? Now it's going to look exactly like nativity. No, of course not. And, but you can create an excellent weekend experience through music message ministers. Can you be very clear how you want people to grow as disciples? And, you know, we could go deeper into that, but yeah, just be very clear. What is it? What are the steps people need to take to grow as followers of Christ? Any parish can do that. Uh, can you be more welcoming and hospitable to outsiders and change? Yeah, anyone can do that. You build leaders. So, you know, when it comes to our model, there's things about nativity, yeah, that maybe other parishes might not like to do or want to do, but we think anybody can do it. And so there is a little bit, as I'm saying, a proof of concept. And I think um, I would still say we're early stages of that for sure. Um, but um, yeah, I'm excited to do that. It, and it is a switch. And I, I don't know I've made the switch around it completely. I mean, there is still, and this is a, the tension I walk in yeah, because I don't want to, and I don't I haven't, I guess it's, you know, like what Andy Stanley says about tension. You don't, you don't resolve the tension. You just live in it. The tension I have is I work in a parish still. And, you know, we had a great stewardship weekend and it was awesome to stand up there this weekend. And um, just, we celebrated Father Michael's 25 years as pastor. We had some oh, fun. Awesome. You know, the music was, all, you know, so it was just great to be a part of that. And I'm living in that. So that's my win this weekend. And, by Monday, yesterday, you know, we we're talking, I, I was exhausted. I didn't have anything to really celebrate <laughs> other churches, but I want that to keep rising up in me where I get more excited or at least equally as excited about other churches <laughs> wins as I do activities. And um, yeah, I think that's a, and I think you're right. That is the real, that's the real way we'll be judged, right? The multiplying effect. That's what uh, the parable of the talents, right? <laughs> of just multiplying what we do. Um, and that's why I'm excited about what we do with Rebuild, because I, I wanted to see that as the multiplier beyond just ammonium and nativity. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. What would you what would you want people to know for those that are listening that that may have um, you know heard about you guys, read some of the books, but maybe not really gotten to know you guys well or, or nativity rebuilt? What would what would you want people to know about? you guys yeah i think again we again we if you check out our website nativity site and you check our online campus it's 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 incredibly technological and a lot of lights and there's bells and whistles and i'm proud of all that but again come back to the very simple thing our goal is to make disciples and we have a very simple again model we would say that we want to help you build a leadership community we want to help you be very clear in how people can grow as disciples and what are the what are the systems and structures you're setting up that people can grow as disciples? We want to help you reach outsiders and we want to help you uh, create an excellent weekend experience that draws, again, that does both of those things. That helps insiders go deeper and helps outs- outsiders see the accessibility of the church and, and the relationship with Jesus Christ. So 
there's a lot of stuff to it, but I think it comes down to some very simple things. We say it's simple, but not easy. And we try to keep things as simple as possible. We tend to complicate things in the Catholic church, uh, but we're, we just try to keep coming back to, to, to the simplicity of our, our mission to make disciples. Um, and then we're, we want to work with any parishes that are, that are trying to do that and, and are open to that model. Yeah. If somebody wanted to, to do some more exploring Tom and just, kind of get their feet a little bit wet. They're listening to this podcast. I'm thinking, you know what? I haven't really given them a fair shake yet. I should do some more research. How would they do that? What, what, what are some of the angles that they could take to start to get more familiar with you guys and, and just to see if it might be a good fit? So rebuildparish.com is our website that people can go to. And then we've been doing, this is one of the things we tacked that changed is these weekly Wednesday webinars by saying that three times fast, but, uh, and they're not exactly all weekly now. We but some we've been doing pretty steady stream of Wednesday webinars. Um, you know, so uh, you can sign up for that right on our website. Sign up, check it out. It's a Zoom call, um, and that's where we try to we share what's going on in activity, and then sort of take an angle on what's going on in the world. Yeah, uh, you know, during Advent, looking at getting ready for Christmas and how to welcome outsiders on Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, before Lent, we'll be talking about a spiritual campaign and what we've learned about the power of that. Those, so um, we'll be introducing a, a kind of a, a materials for for Lent 2022 that is a spiritual campaign that people can do and trying to set mm-hmm. people parishes up for success. Success. So those are some those are good ways to just check us out and see if you you know if you're interested. We try to keep reminding people what what those core four are, and we're, we are. You know, I'm sure, like most of what you're trying to do, build a community of people. It's not just about us sharing in information, but a coaching community in which people are setting out and growing together. And um, again, there's certain things we know at Nativity because we've had that experience, but there's certain things mm. don't know. And I, I'm, I'm very big on just trying to say, if, if I don't have an experience, then not, I can give you my thoughts, but really to qualify, right? This is coming out of what I know. Um, so I'm working with the parish and they have a new person coming on board. And it's kind of a higher level. I just said, well, are you guys going to put that person on your core team, your strategic team? And they said, what are your thoughts on that? And I said, look, I, I'm, all I can tell you is out of our experience, we've never done that. But I'm not saying that's the right answer. But that is, out of us, we've always waited to add that person on. And they said, well, we think we want to put them on right away. And I said, all right, well, just be cognizant of the issues that's going to have, the good and the positive, and be aware of that. So just another, we always do try to come out our experience. And if we don't have experience, hopefully connect you to some people who, you know, who've walked where you're walking. Because it just drives me crazy when people who speak out of, like you said, the kind of ivory tower or they're guessing or here's my idea. And it's not bad to say that, but just couch it that way. Sometimes people yeah. are just speaking as if they have authority on something and they never even did it. And that to me is, anyway, that's, that's what drives me crazy, Rob. <laughs> I love that. Well, I remember us meeting for the first time with Paris Catalyst and just so great for what Bill Simon was doing and brought us together where we started our friendship. And then, of course, amazing, amazing parish, uh, seeing you guys up there with Father James uh, speaking into to parish life. It's been fun to watch your guys' influence grow and evolve, and it's been fun to maintain a friendship through that. And I pray for you guys regularly. I love what you're doing. And uh, I hope that people who are listening, if you haven't gotten help yet, if you recognize that, that 
that you could probably benefit from some help, then do your research, check out the folks at Rebuilt, uh, get to know uh, some people before you make your decision, but for heaven's sakes, make a decision, get some help. I know we did multiple times. Yeah, that's what I was definitely saying. I think people kind of like, you know, nibble around the edges at some point, yeah, pick pick a plan, get some help. We need support in doing this. And then, you know, you, you asked me, what do I want people to think and feel before this? I, I yeah. think you know, I, I want people to know we have a clear vision going forward. We have a clear model for people. And um, if you're feeling overwhelmed, everyone's been there. We've all been there. And that's why we do need some support and some coaching. I know a mm-hmm. personal coach that really helped me through, through um, many issues and, and, and got, and without him, I told him we would never written rebuilt, never would have lost so many things that would have never happened. So finding support and encouragement and all that stuff is it's just wise. Those are my thoughts. Thank you for sharing your thoughts today, Tom. And thank you for all that you're doing. Keep up the great work and happy anniversary to Father Mike from us. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ron. God bless. I very much enjoy recording these podcasts and speaking to exciting leaders like Tom. Healthy things are designed to grow. So strive to be healthy from the inside out and watch how God grows your impact and your influence. And speaking of growth and influence, I hope that you've seen that Divine Renovation USA will be hosting a conference in Capel, Texas in July. I know the early bird tickets are on sale to the end of January. I'm going to be bringing some of my team and some of the parishes that I'm working with. I'm so excited to come to this event to be inspired and to continue learning. So please don't miss out. Finally, take an opportunity to rate this podcast five stars. Every engagement with the algorithm pushes this show to the top of its category. Listen, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powerful.